Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Dr. Paul is away for the day, so I will be anchoring the show solo, but thankfully I have my good friend Phil Giraldi joining us from my old haunts in Virginia. Phil, are you there? I'm here. Hey, thanks for, for joining me today, Phil. I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. And I, I had a sneak peek of some snippets of your column, which is coming out tomorrow on the UNS Review. It's a must-read column, as usual, from you, Phil. Uh, but you talk about some of the things that Dr. Paul himself talked about in his weekly column this week. And that's why I'm titling this show, Is Washington Falling Out of Love with Zelensky? And maybe that's wishful thinking in a way, but it's been a pretty rough week for the president of Ukraine. Um, and I'm going to ask you a couple of things based on some of the stuff you wrote and just based on some observations. Um, but you, one of the first things you do in your piece, and you know, you know this stuff better than anyone, you raise some doubts as to whether this Ukraine missile into Poland was an accident. You have an inference that it possibly wasn't an accident. What makes you a little bit skeptical about that? Well, I think the whole narrative is just a, a, a tad too cute. Uh, I mean, here the, uh, the missile came down, killed two farmers in Poland, and uh, within literally minutes, uh, Zelensky was commenting on it and blaming it on Russia and uh, basically uh, calling on NATO to exercise Article 5, which is the common defense article of NATO, uh, which would mean that NATO and the United States would militarily uh, attack the attacker, which in this case he was saying was Russian. And um, uh, why I'm skeptical about it is the fact that uh, Zelensky clearly would have known from his own resources uh, that this uh, missile did not originate in Russia, and yet he insisted uh, that day and the next day, and indeed has not repudiated that view uh, since then, that uh, this was a Russian job, that this was a Russian crime. And um, so to me, it looks like a premeditated action on the part of Zelensky, who essentially, as we have seen from his other premeditated actions over the past uh, year, uh, is capable of anything. So um, uh, this is in, in intelligence uh, language. Uh, this is a false flag operation where you blame something on someone else uh, with the intent of uh, other parties taking your side. And um, this is this is something that's totally unacceptable. And the U.S. government should not sit back and just think this is well. This is a fog of war. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly doesn't sound like it's one of those issues of never let a good crisis go to waste, him thinking quick on his feet. <laughs> um, the, the other thing is, you know, the, the idea that Russia would decide to start World War III by hitting a grain silo, it's, it stretches the imagination a little bit, yet that's what Zelensky was expecting people to believe. Uh, surely there are some better targets in Poland if Putin really wanted to open the gates of hell. Uh, there are plenty of places where there's plenty of military equipment being staged for uh, transshipment into Ukraine from Poland. So, I mean, just at the very beginning, Phil, it was pretty crazy that, hey, I'm going to start World War III. I'm going to kill a couple farmers and spread some grain around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in, in Poland, there's a, a whole U United States military staff structure in place. And the 82nd Airborne is, has been sending troops in and out. And there have been... Uh, other troops and also CIA paramilitaries on training missions. 
So there's, there are all kinds of good military targets. And if Russia wanted to make the case that the United States and Germany and Britain uh, had already intervened in this war and therefore were fair targets, uh, you know, they could have made that case, but yeah. uh, they didn't. I, the, Russia would have been crazy uh, when, in my opinion, it's, it's winning this war uh, to, to take that kind of risk. And, you know, that's a good point because a lot of Putin's critics are angry that he's been too cautious. Certainly his critics in Russia, from what I can tell, are angry that he's been too cautious uh, in prosecuting this war. So the idea that he would break out of that mold of extreme caution and conservatism and decide to all of a sudden attack Poland out of the blue and not even hit an important target is pretty, is pretty wild. But sh surely, as you point out, we have plenty of military resources in Poland. Do you think, I mean, obviously we have the technical means of monitoring and figuring out exactly what happened. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we do after all the money we spend on, on having those technical means. Do you think the U.S. tried to show Zelensky uh, in, a, in an intelligence uh, sort of way that, look, here's the evidence, here's the footprint or fingerprint, whatever missiles have, uh, you know, we have it here. I mean, do you think they did that? Well, uh, I don't know if they did that. That would have made a lot of sense to do. Uh, it's not like this is classified technology that you're revealing. This is, uh, this is common technology now, sat spy satellites, uh, tracking systems, or radar, and that kind of thing. This is uh, basic stuff these days. So uh, I would hope they, you know, maybe sat down with them. The ambassador sat down with them and said, look, this is the evidence that uh, this proves what you've been saying. Uh, apparently, Joe Biden um, uh, had a, a sharp uh, telephone exchange with Zelensky and basically was making the same point. And then he was down in Indonesia and um, he said, the evidence we've seen just doesn't uh, convince that Russia was involved with this. Yeah, and the um, I read today that actually there's some some scandal in Poland because it was a Polish paper. And unfortunately, I didn't write it down. But a, a Polish media outlet uh, is reporting that certainly the Polish leadership knew right away that it was a Ukrainian missile, but went along with Zelensky at first, uh, claiming and blaming Russia. That's, that seems pretty serious if the, if the, if the, heads, of Pol the heads of Poland uh, are willing to go along with such a risky scheme as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Poles would have known uh, very quickly this was uh, ordnance that was uh, in the Ukrainian arsenal, and that was something that Russia no longer uses. And uh, but again, they went along with the game. Uh, a lot of sentiment in Poland is very hostile to Russia for various historic <laughs> reasons, and and uh, so there's always kind of a, a political play to be made uh, with attacking Russia if you're a Polish politician. So. This kind of weaves its way into it too. And do you get a sense that, I'll put it this way, how much of a sense do you get that this incident has tarnished St. Zelensky in the eyes of the American, well, American elites, the American leadership that have been pushing this like they pushed COVID for two years? You know, you don't dare challenge any aspect of this narrative. Do you think he's been dented and dinged at all this past week? I think he's been dented but I don't think the uh, damage is, is commensurate with what he tried to do. He tried to start World War III, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a big thing. <laughs> would have gone nuclear. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, so I feel that they're, they're holding back. 
that there's a consensus both in both political parties that we have to support Zelensky. We have to damage the Russians. I mean, look at the, look at the uh, the comments that um, uh, our national security advisor and uh, secretary of defense made. They 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 stated very clearly that the Russians had not uh, launched this missile, but they stated it's still Russia's fault because they started this war. And and you know, come on, there's a whole lot of history that is behind how this war started. And probably the biggest guilty party of all is the United States for not pushing serious negotiations about a year ago. Yeah, and for not doing a regime change about eight years ago, right? With the exact same people uh, in power then, uh, you know, uh, Victoria Nuland, Tony Blinken, uh, Jake Sullivan, they were all, all in positions of power then uh, when they did the coup initially. This seems like they were coming back to kind of cover up some of their mistakes. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, Phil and just mention our sponsor this month of the Ron Paul Lidberg Report, and that is 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com. They provide everything you need to survive uh, the coming challenges that we face, our food supply, inflation, the supply chain. It's a great American company. They employ about 200 American workers. They provide food kits, a three-month food kit uh, is all you'll need to survive with your family for three months. The great news is you can get 10% off. Enter RON for your discount at 4Patriots.com. 4Patriots, the number 4Patriots.com. Enter in RON and get free shipping on delicious survival foods for every purchase over $97. 4Patriots.com, enter RON. All right, so let's get back to, uh, to something else that I noticed. And I was, uh, I was listening to a, sh- a, progr- a program this morning that I listen to quite often, uh, Alex Christoforo, who I think does a very good job. And uh, he's mentioning that the other real ding that Ukraine is taking, and it's getting a little bit of traction. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, I actually, I, I, refi- I didn't watch the videos because it was a little too strong, even for me. Uh, but these stories of the uh, Ukrainian assassination of the Russian prisoners of war. Uh, they documented it themselves. They were not ashamed of it from what we've seen. Now, they're alleged. They haven't been proven. But, you know, when you look at the tape, and I shut it off about when they started shooting, to be honest, but uh, it looks like Russia brought this to the UN, and they haven't been blown off as, um, as quickly as I would have suspected. Uh, have you been following this at all? Yeah, I have, and I, I've seen the video, uh, and it, it, it indeed looks authentic, although I always say it seems to look authentic, um, because so much stuff in this conflict is being forged. But the, uh, the fact is, I think this is for real. Russia has provided evidence, uh, and uh, this is a war crime, uh, a clear and simple war crime. And so here's another reason, another good reason to cut our ties with Zelensky, uh, if we could do it today, yeah, maybe maybe tomorrow, but cut our ties in, with Zelensky. He's a liar. He's a guy who will do anything to start a major war with Russia, and he is uh, basically his his people are committing uh, heinous crimes against uh, the Russian prisoners. So it's a there are a lot of good reasons, and and I would also throw in the. Uh, uh, the fact that it appears that he was uh, 
engaged in uh, money laundering uh, involving our U.S. Congress with FTX and uh, Bankman uh, Freed. So this is another good reason to say, let's wash our hands of Ukraine. Yes, that's a good point. And, and I was going to ask you, that was actually my next question, because you mentioned our mutual friend, uh, Larry Johnson, in your upcoming piece. Uh, and I, I, I read Larry's uh, short piece on FTX, and I thought it was an excellent, excellent summary. By the way, uh, Sonar21.com is Larry's website, and it's definitely worth reading. Um, and I think he did a great summary. What do you make of this? I mean, from what we know so far, we did a show about it last week that was a lot of speculation because we don't have the answers, but it kind of smells like some kind of funny secret op. What do you make of the Bankman-Fried FTX Congress Ukraine scandal? Well, there seems to be a lot of evidence that there was a lot of money moving around, and the initial money moving around was these huge dollops of billions and billions of dollars that uh, the administration and Congress have been have been showering on on Ukraine, and so this money moves over, and th this is supported by congressmen. We're talking about primarily Democratic Party congressmen, because uh, Bankman-Fried, his uh, his family and himself are major fundraisers for the Democratic Party. I saw an article this morning breaking down that uh, that he had in the last election cycle just completed contributed. 80 million dollars to the Democratic Party. So the money is moving in all directions. Uh, it goes over to uh, Ukraine, and once it's in Ukraine, it's uh, it's shifted around a bit more, and it um, and and it's it's basically laundered. So Bankman-Fried then is able to turn around and use the money coming from American taxpayers uh, to give donations to the Democratic uh, politicians who have been most loyal to the issue of Ukraine. So this is craziness. I mean, this is insanity. <laughs> the funny part is to see some of the Democrat members of Congress, when they hear about this, when they're interviewed about it, those that have even probably personally benefited saying, oh my gosh, we've got to regulate crypto. This is terrible. You know, there's gambling going on here. And we, we joked about that last week in the show, you know, the great line from Casablanca. Uh, right. They seem shocked and shocked that we have to now regulate. And one of the things Dr. Paul talks about in his column this week is uh, a little bit of maybe good news. And we understand that the numbers are not in our favor on Capitol Hill. But you're starting to see some stirring among primarily the more conservative Republicans. We're talking about people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who put in a privilege resolution uh, last week, I think it was, with 11 co-sponsors, demanding that documents be preserved so that an audit, a full audit, of the, oh, maybe 60 or $70 billion we've sent Ukraine uh, take place. Do, do you get a sense that there is some momentum that Matt Gertz from, uh, gets from Florida, uh, Paul Gosar from Arizona, and a few others have been very vocal about opposing more money to Ukraine and demanding uh, some kind of accountability for what's been sent over there. Am I just desperately looking for something to be optimistic about, Phil? Uh, or do you see some possible movement in that direction? Well, I would say, uh, to use your phrase, possible movement in that direction is is uh, is definitely taking place. But again, we have to quantify this, and the, and the whole issue is that most of the Republican Party is hostile to Russia, and is quite happy to you know be uh, doing this uh, Ukrainian thing, uh, Ukrainian thing to uh, 
to weaken Russia. So, uh, and, and, and you might notice at the same time, they're all uh, now beating the drum about China. <laughs> so it never ends. And, and the fact is that I don't think there are enough votes, there are enough people in Congress who uh, are, are responsible, who uh, really care about uh, this kind of thing. Uh, but I think Tucker Carlson is doing one hell of a good job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can move mountains with just a little bit of media. You don't have to have the, the mass control. Well, we're going to get out of here in just a second, but I can't let you go, Phil. Uh, and I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I did give you a warning. You are an expert on Turkey. You lived in Turkey. You worked in Turkey. What do you make of this weekend's bombing by, by Turkey, uh, basically bombing U.S. allied Kurds? Uh, in parts of Syria. Have, were you following that? And what, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, I've been following it. And I've even been following it by, by struggling to read Turkish newspapers. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, essentially what happened, of course, was the terrorist attack in Istanbul, which took place right around the corner from where I used to work in wow. the, uh, what was then the Consulate General uh, next to the Parapalas Hotel. And uh, anyway, the, so it was uh, very familiar to me. And uh, they are saying that the woman that they arrested, uh, a Syrian woman, uh, basically was affiliated with not the PKK, but with another group that of Kurdish uh, dissidents that the U.S. has been training and funding, uh, and that these people basically, uh, uh, you know, when you talk about the different Kurdish groups, all these groups are kind of connected in their hostility to Turkey and their willingness to to uh, to undertake terrorist attacks in that country, so I think when the the Turks are now bombing northern Syria, bombing some of these camps, uh, and I think the Turkish argument has a lot of validity. But the Turkish are, the Turks at the same time are controlling the information very carefully. Uh, I, I saw one article this morning about uh, how this uh, Syrian woman that they've arrested, the alleged terrorist, was uh, was seen uh, associated with two Israeli women. Wow. So there, there are more wrinkles to this story than there are facts so far. But uh, I would not discount that groups that the U.S. is supporting are basically involved in terrorism against Turkey. And you could add to that, uh, you know, uh, Iran. I mean, we had John Bolton, was it over the weekend or a few days ago, admitting that the U.S. is funneling weapons uh, to those that are right. trying to do a coup in Iran, a U.S. regime change operation. I think it looks pretty clearly that that's at least a good part of it. And we saw the Iranians also bombing some Kurds, I believe, wasn't it, over the weekend? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, they obviously got to the Turkish, uh, to the uh, uh, Iranian World Cup team because they wouldn't sing the national anthem in this morning. So <laughs> somebody got to them. <laughs> well, it's interesting. What, I mean, what, I don't want to put too much into it, but does this spell anything for U.S.-Turkish relations? This, you know, that them hitting our guys over there who are just fighting for freedom, of course. Well, you know what's funny about the whole story is that uh, uh, two days after the terrorist bombing, uh, the head of the CIA and the head of, of, of uh, Russian intelligence met in Istanbul and Ankara. So what does wow. it tell you? I mean, they're, they're, you know, there are all kinds of levels of reality that, uh, that occur in these kinds of situations. And I think this is yet another one. The Turks have a lot of good reasons for having good relations with the U.S. Uh, they want F-16s. Uh, they they uh, like the intelligence they're provided. So, that, you know, and the U.S. has a lot of good reasons to, to maintain a relationship with Turkey. 
there's also seems to be some reason for for the Turks and Syrians to make up. And I think wasn't there a uh, some sort of a diplomatic contact made in the last few months? Yeah, that's correct. There there have been several contacts, and and basically they're uh, neg negotiating a bunch of issues. But of course, it's a what really complicates it, of course, is that the Kurds, of course, want a Kurdistan, a separate state, which would take a, a big hunk out of Syria and a big hunk out of Turkey. And um, uh, and, and also the um, uh, there are Turkish ethnics that live in Syria, and they want an independent state, too. So it's a, it, there, there are a multitude of issues that are being negotiated. I'm sure the geniuses in our State Department can figure it all out to everyone's <laughs> happiness. Um, can you name even one? <laughs> well, I can't let you go without one important question that I'm sure all of our viewers are wondering, Phil. Where is the dog? We have not seen his rear end this entire video, and we're all disappointed. Hopefully he's okay. My, my, my wife, Angela, took him upstairs so he wouldn't be parading through the room. <laughs> but next time I'll make sure he's here. Yeah, we need, we need to have the, the dog mascot. Well, Phil, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us today to talk over some of these important issues. Uh, your vast experience, your great writing. I read everything that you write and appreciate it very much. Uh, so, Phil, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on. And I want to thank all of our viewers today to the Ron Paul Liberty Report. We hope you will tune in again next time.